www.grapecat.com. That's www.grapecat.com. Grapecat is an online vegan retail store carrying all of your fashion needs, from t-shirts to coats, and wallets to duffel bags, and everything in between. Grape Cat prides itself on carrying eco-friendly and U.S.-made merchandise. Thank you for dressing compassionately. www.grapecat.com. Check them out today. Hi, this is James Lucas, and this is a vegan fashion and business podcast. Yeah, creating a vision, seeking our passion. Great cat, compassion, fashion, made in the U.S., eco-friendly, high quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more. Hi, I'm James Lucas of GrapeCat. More and more conscientious consumers are looking for earth-friendly clothing and accessories. At GrapeCat, we make it easier for our customers to find what they are looking for all in one place. We do extensive research and bring high-quality animal environmentally friendly products to you through our online store. If you are looking for products that make a difference, visit GrapeCat.com today. On today's podcast, I talked to Nicole Marquis, owner of Hip City Veg, Charlie Was a Sinner, and Bar Bomb Bon. Nicole talks about the four years it took her to write the business plan for Hip City Veg, how her father reversed his diabetes after two months of being on a plant-based diet, and gives great advice on being prepared for jumping into the restaurant business. Here is Nicole. How and why did you become vegan? Well, there were a number of reasons I became that I became vegan. Initially, I educated myself about nutrition, and later I became aware of the environmental ramifications of our food choices. And eventually, I became aware and sensitized to many issues having to do with animal rights. You know, I didn't have any particular interest in animals at the outset, but I have to credit Peter Singer's book, Animal Liberation, with clarifying some of the historical and philosophical basis for the views of people for whom veganism is the outgrowth of moral principles. That really came later for me. Uh, I learned a lot about nutrition from reading first Andrew Weil. He wrote Eating Well for Optimal Health. That's when I became vegetarian. Later, a book called Mad Cowboy by Howard Lyman really opened my eyes to the devastating environmental impact of animal agriculture. And then the China study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell and Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman gave me an understanding of the scientific basis for the enormous health benefits you can get from eliminating animal products from your diet. And ultimately, I stuck with veganism because of my desire to help end animal suffering. Why did you want to open Hip City Veg? You know, the reasons why I became vegan, I really wanted to, because of my desire to help animal end animal suffering and... Uh, the environmental impacts of of eating a plant-based diet and because of the dramatic health improvements I saw with my father when he adopted a plant-based diet. I'll just tell you a quick story. He, you know, is a nurse practitioner in his 50s, smartest guy I know. And every time I would say, how about you just drink a green smoothie to help with, 
knew he had diabetes, he was overweight. He would just throw up his hands and say, I have diabetes because my father, you know, my father had diabetes. It's genetic. And I would say, no, you have it because you eat the same things that your father ate, you know? And I bought him a blender, made him a green smoothie. And he, within two months of adopting a plant-based diet, because he was hooked on that green smoothie. It's the same one that we sell at Hip City Veg right now. Within two months of adopting a plant-based diet, he got off his blood pressure medication, his cholesterol medication, lost 25 pounds, and completely reversed his type 2 diabetes. So I was just blown away. Everything I had been reading, uh, everything I had been studying uh, about a plant-based diet and the effects on, on health, um, positive effects on health, which is happening right in front of my own eyes with my dad. And that was a major impetus to open Hip City Veg. But, you know, and I knew people would try this new concept if the food was familiar. You know, like burgers and fries, shakes, and 100% plant-based food that was as familiar as McDonald's, I knew would be appealing. And it would just be as convenient, but it would be fresher. And having it plant-based would make it even cleaner and healthier for everyone. So after about four years of planning, steadfast in my mission, I opened the first Hip City Veg on, uh, in Rinhouse Square. And, you know, and I wasn't troubled that only a tiny fraction of the population is vegan because that's not necessarily who I was trying to attract. If I wanted to change the way people thought about food, it made sense to start with meat eaters. You know, we have the Crispy Hip City Ranch, the Ziggy Burger, things that people can really relate to and understand. So it was, you know, accessibility was key. And how long did it take you from your idea to start the company until, you know, when you finally opened your doors? So from the time I had the idea to open Hip City Veg, when I actually opened the doors, was four years. You know, I spent time researching, working on the business plan, uh, financial analysis, and raising funds to open the first location. And a wonderful, beautiful couple um, who are now my investors helped me with the first location. And they were true believers and uh, health enthusiasts and really helped me get me started. So that took about four years to accomplish that. Did you get help on the business plan or did you start it by yourself and then have someone look over it to yeah. fine tune it? Yeah, for sure. I I remember 2009 I ordered Business Plan Pro for $99 and that got me started, you know, just answering, okay, so who are the people who's your target audience and, you know, what will you be selling? And so really just got me organized, my thoughts organized, uh, which was super helpful. And, you know, one thing that I did and would encourage anyone trying to start a business is to just ask for help. You know, I was asking for help everywhere. I was like, Hey, are you good? You know, I had friends who were really good writers and one of them stepped in to help me just flesh out all the ideas that I had written down sort of stream of consciousness in this business plan. Um, 
And another one of my friends who's super great at math helped me tremendously with the financial analysis. So I was really just soliciting help for wherever, you know, wherever anyone was willing to contribute. Um, so yeah, so started off writing on my own and then had a lot of help with uh, fine tuning it until I was ready to present it to investors. And why did you want to open Charlie Was a Sinner? I know you don't drink, so. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, you know, that all started with the building. The space was available. Um, A friend and mentor of mine uh, was really interested in the location, and he ended up purchasing it and asked me to collaborate in putting in uh, uh, a concept on the first floor, their apartments upstairs. And at the time, I didn't want anything to distract me from my steadfast mission of opening Hip City Veggies across the country and all over the world. But it, I saw it as a good opportunity, one, to collaborate with someone um, who I respected greatly and or who I do respect greatly and also an opportunity to tap into another segment of the market you know i'm doing fast casual i'm i pretty much i'm getting that you know perfected uh and here's this nighttime cocktail you know mysterious kind of vibe concept that i had in the back of my head somewhere and thought it was a great opportunity to, to do it. And what are some of your favorite dishes there? Well, I love the Bucatini and meatballs. I never let them take that off the menu because it, it rotates so quickly. I mean, every season it's just, you know, the menu is constantly changing, um, which is great, but there's some of my favorites. I just don't let them, you know, take off the menu. I loved the banchan, the Korean fried tofu. Loved it. So hopefully we'll see that back on again. Um, the avocado toast, everyone's doing it. I just think there's something special about ours. Uh, I love the spread with it. So many great things at Charlie. Why did you want to open Bar Bomb Bond? I really, again, that had to do with the space. You know, it's two doors down from Hip City Veg. It was another great business opportunity to strengthen our corporate team that I was building for the Hip City of Edge expansion and another opportunity to showcase plant-based food in a different genre. And I'm Puerto Rican. I spend every, you know, I visit Puerto Rico every year. I used to spend every summer there and very close with my family. And it has become sort of an ode to my Puerto Rican roots. And what's your favorite dishes there? Mm, right now, the Cubano Club. The I love the enchiladas. Um, oh, the empanadas, which are like typical Puerto Rican food. I love that. What's the biggest lesson you've learned about running a restaurant? Biggest lesson I've learned about running a restaurant is that it is so much more than just the food that you serve and it, 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 so there's so many tiers to it. So it really is 
a huge operation everywhere from accounting to HR, front of house, back of house. Um, and in so many ways, it's like putting on a show. I, I studied uh, theater for many years. And whenever someone asked me, well, what does Shakespeare have anything to do with running and opening restaurants? I'm always reminded of the grueling 14-hour days, you know, backstage, getting a theater production set up and ready to go, <clears throat> preparing to open the doors um, and for the audience, which is our guests, the front of house, the back of house, lights and costumes, you know, we all have our parts. So it's a, it's a major production. What keeps you interested in running your restaurants? Well, my mission, that's at the core of everything we do. And we talk about it. You know, the mission to bring plant-based food that's delicious, affordable, and convenient to millions of people is what we talk about regularly. Personally, it extends beyond health, even beyond environmentalism and really into animal rights. But at the end of the day, we focus on good-tasting food. That's what we're doing. And that is what I think keeps people coming back, which then fulfills our mission. What drives you mad about restaurants? Yeah, that it never stops. <laughs> it is 24-7, a 24-7 operation. You know, there are always guests. Thank God there are always guests there. You know, that's a good problem to have, I think. But, you know, behind the scenes, there's either a leaky sink or, you know, we have to staff to up our staffing or, you know, accounting or this or that. I mean, there's always something. So that drives me mad. But at the same time, it's kind of thrilling and I love it. Where do your great ideas come from? You know, I spend a, a great deal of time reading and researching as well. Um, but lately, I have made it a point to travel and that my ideas come from that now. It's amazing when I, you know, even if I'm going just on a business trip, let's say to New York, I'm just everywhere I go, I see opportunity for, uh, for inspiration. So I'm all about traveling now as a, as sort of a requisite to get inspired and come back with new ideas. And are those ideas making it onto your menus? Yeah, they're making it onto my menu. They're also making its way into the brand experience, which is a big part of my focus. You know, how the customer interacts with what, you know, with our space, and our messaging. What do you think is the number one reason restaurants fail? I know that I was reading this somewhere. I don't know if it was like the Harvard Business Journal or something, but the top two reasons why businesses fail in are one, undercapitalized, and two, bad partnerships. The number one reason why restaurants fail, I think both of those reasons have something to do with it, but also staying beyond trend is really important. I think just following trends doesn't lend itself to being truly innovative, starting almost a movement, getting people excited about what you're doing. So I always 
challenge myself to say, wait a minute, are we seeing beyond trend? Are we ahead of the curve? Is this progressive enough but yet accessible? And that's sort of it, I think, the, the, the right formula and probably why restaurants go out of business. Now, when you're working on your business plan, did you watch anything like Kitchen Nightmares or Restaurant Impossible to make sure that you didn't fall into any of those traps? Yeah, I was obsessed. I was like, you know, the person on the in my living room screaming at the TV, no, how could you do that? It's, you know, such an obvious mistake. But at the same time, when I opened my doors, there were like obvious mistakes that I was making that I didn't know, you know, so... Um, experience is definitely key into, uh, into operating a restaurant. Yeah. I saw that like when you opened hip city veg, you sold out of food the first day and then had to double it and then it still sold out. Yeah. And so how long did it take you to kind of figure out your need for how much food you had to order? It took us five days before we didn't sell out anymore. Okay. So I, that's just because I kept ordering double of what I ordered the day before. And so finally we got to a place, oh, okay, so this is the volume we're going to be doing. So, you know, by day five, we had, you know, five times the amount of food that I started off with (laughs) in uh, day one. Um, but it took us, you know, I mean, we're still learning. Uh, it's, it took us a long time to tame the beast because Rinhouse is, is a beast. I mean, what we do in that tiny little space is what a 3,000 square foot restaurant would do, you know, and we're only 700 square feet. So it's really impressive, but um, took us there's a learning curve for sure. Exciting, though. There was a big difference between the first week when I was there and um, the week after, just how smooth you could tell that you guys were working out the kinks because it it was a lot smoother. Um, At first, people were like, is that mine? Is that mine? But by the second (laughs) week, (laughs) you know, people were grabbing each other's food. But by the second week, you guys were taking names and it I never had a problem since. So you guys oh, definitely so... were you guys definitely were working on the uh it it got better which was it was a nice surprise that like you guys just didn't fall apart but you fixed everything and now you can go in there and see a line that's out the door and be in and out of there in 10 minutes. Oh my gosh, James, that is music to my ears. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um it's probably the best compliment I've gotten all year. So I, you know, we worked really hard, endless hours to get that accomplished. But um, I'm glad that you noticed it and it, and it paid off. Yeah, oh, it's, I mean, just like when you had an iPad and someone would go down the line and then you showed up at the counter and you're, it was already been to the cooks, it's your, your ticket's ready to go and you're, you grab your bag all within waiting in line it was just amazing. Yeah, all about the operations, logistics. That's great. What's your key piece of advice on starting a restaurant? Plan ahead. The reason, sometimes I get pushback for that, for saying that plan as much as possible because I think a lot of people think that 
opening a business purely on passion and excitement for idea for an idea is all it takes. I couldn't have done it as well as we did it if I hadn't planned how many straws I need to order, how much money I'm going to need in the first month, what the bags are going to look like, how much staff I'm going to have. And even though I planned so much, I still had so many unknowns. So I couldn't imagine having opened without planning as much as I did and being prepared. And I think the the reason why we were able to bounce back, you know, um, and get the swing of it in just a week after we opened, when we opened to like lines out the door, I think we were able to bounce back so quickly because there was a lot of planning that had gone into it. So the my key piece of advice for anyone wanting to start a restaurant, start putting your ideas on paper because something happens when you take these ideas out of your head and you actually put them on paper. They become real. They start to become clear. You know, I look back at my notes from like 2008 and like I was like, I'm going to have solar panels, you know, on every single restaurant I ever do. And it's like, you know, you start to realize what is most important, especially your principles. And you you have your key, your core principles and values and any decision <laughs> you make you refer back to those values and those principles that you wrote down in the beginning that are most important to you. If they don't fit or follow those principles, then you don't do it. And I think even having that framework to make decisions in your company is huge. You know, um, let me tell you, when you are up against rent and payroll and everything and you haven't identified what your mission and your values and your principles are, it's easy to take the cheaper, you know, shortcut in many things. Integrity is so important and it's what builds customer loyalty. So having integrity in what you do and being able to refer back to your principles in the beginning is key. So I would say just start writing your ideas down on paper. It becomes much clearer. And then you realize, you know, that purple, um, you know, icon that you made in the beginning of a big eggplant with a smiley face doesn't quite explain or, you know, your brand accurately to people. I mean, the first name I ever came up with was Veggie Queen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I've ever told anyone that. Other than my like close family. Well, now I want to know what other i what other ideas you scrapped for your other restaurants. I know. Oh well, they're they're in a file somewhere, somewhere like tucked in a dark corner. You know, um, ideas you know that we didn't do. I'm I'm proud of the things that we didn't do because uh, it it just shows that you know we dove deep and and thought out everything. You know, I'm glad I didn't call my restaurant Veggie Queen. And the only reason why I didn't was because I I disciplined myself to write out my ideas on paper and then thoroughly investigate them. So organization has just made it easier to run the business. It's made it easier. It's made it profitable it's made it um, um, scalable. What has been your biggest struggle? I think my biggest struggle 
in the beginning was convincing and persuading people to buy in to my vision. It was so far out. I mean, I remember when I told my dad, who is my biggest cheerleader and biggest supporter, I told him I wanted to open a national vegan fast casual chain. And he said, oh, can you just get a job first? You know? <laughs> he was like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody eats vegan, you know? So, and now he's just, he's my best friend and confidant in work. And so it was a far out idea. And it, I came, I had nothing when I first started. Persuading people and getting people enthusiastic about my vision was probably the biggest struggle at first. What has been your biggest victory? I think my biggest victory has been being convincing and persuading people to believe in my vision. And now I have an incredible group of people that men and women that work with me that are believers, you know, because this work is hard. We're not just running a restaurant. We're running a startup company and it's grueling. It's long hours. It's stressful. It's high tension sometimes. Believing in the mission and in what we're doing has been key and it's, it's been my biggest victory. So my biggest struggle and my biggest victory are the same. Who has had a tremendous impact on you? Oh my goodness. Every, uh, there's so many people. I have just been so blessed to have so many mentors and advisors and that believe in me and believe in this concept enough to really truly help me. They've all had such a great impact. I mean, my family, my investors, to even scholars, you know, like Dr. T. Colin Campbell that I read about plant-based foods. I mean, that blew my mind when I, I began to understand how animal protein affects the body in a negative way, I, you know, really opened me up to a mission that was sort of like holistic. You know, it affects so, so many things. Food affects not only our health, but the environment and other living things. So a lot of people had tremendous impact. I'm very grateful for that. That goes into our next question. What are you grateful for? Oh my gosh, so many things. I don't even know where to begin. I'm so grateful to wake up every day and love what I do and love the people I work with and to have the connections with people that have supported me along the way, like you. I mean, I first met you four years ago during the first week, you know, of Hip City Veg. And here we are now talking about struggles and victories and the mission. So what's next for Hip City Veg, for any of the other restaurants? National expansion. This is our first step into the rest of the nation. We're opening in Washington, D.C. in May of this year. So late spring. You know, I'll keep everyone posted on any new locations that I find interesting and see where we where we go next. What is the best way for people to contact you? Nicole at hipcityveg.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at hipcityveg.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Grape Cat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the show notes at grapecat.com. Do us a favor before you go, please take a few seconds to rate this podcast. It is a key way to get this podcast higher in the ranks, which will make it more accessible to people who truly need this information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Make sure you never miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing. If you have any questions or guest ideas, please send them to podcast at grapecat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Creating a vision, seeking our passion. Great cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the US, eco friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more.